something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ridiculous News is a production of iHeartRadio and Cool 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 Audio. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. With interesting views on breaking the rules of broadcasting and all sorts of wild reports to keep us laughing. With funny off-brand upbeat journalism, the strange and unusual stories of what we give them. When it's all about ridiculous news everywhere, we talking about ridiculous news over here. Hey everyone, welcome to Ridiculous News, not your average news show. We cover stuff you didn't realize was news, from the wild and funny, to the deep and hidden, to the absolutely ridiculous. I'm Bill Worley, Atlanta-based filmmaker and comedian, and I just got a piece of my skin pulled out for a biopsy, so that's a reminder, see your dermatologist, folks. I hope you're doing well, Bill. Yeah, man, me cool. too. Cool. Uh, I am Mark, I'm a comedian, filmmaker based out of Atlanta, and you know, I say, if it ain't broke, you don't have to fix it. You still got to take care of it, baby. Take care of that baby. (laughs) Today is a deep dive episode all about burgers. That's right. May 28th is National Burger Day. So we'll be talking burgers, the industry surrounding the food. And we'll even be welcoming a special guest, Alex Brownstein, founder of Grindhouse Killer Burgers, based here in Atlanta. Really fun uh, guy to talk to. Excited for you guys to hear what he's got to say. Absolutely. So, uh, Bill. Yes. Uh, let's move on to our first segment. Uh, now it's time for some ridiculous news nibbles. Uh, to start things off, we'll be talking about a couple quick ridiculous stories about burgers from the last several years. Woo-hoo. First off, Bill, uh, wanted to share this headline with you. Uh, this is from about a year ago. Hit me. Where a Burger King manager was praised by a customer after finding a lost wedding oh, ring. Oh, what a good thing to do. This is a very, I, I thought I thought this was an especially feel-good story. Great. So this is in Belding, Michigan. Um, so there was a fast food employee, uh, and uh, he uh, had a customer come through, and um, he was a manager at this Burger King. Okay. And uh, a woman uh, showed up, and she was cleaning like snow, off of her windshield. Yeah, this happens, you know, we don't do that a lot in Atlanta, but mm-hmm. when you do that, up, it is a vigorous activity. Very much so. Very much so. And 
I guess in that process, uh, the her her ring uh, on her finger just flipped off, oh, no. and it went into a snowbank. Oh my god! Uh, and you know, uh, uh, any any ring, any piece of jewelry that you care about, whatever you know, it, it's it's always valuable. Losing anything su- sucks. Phone, yes. you know, wallet, whatever. Yeah, it makes me nervous thinking about it. Yeah, but this but this story I thought was kind of like uh, just really interesting. So. Uh, she got this piece of jewelry 50 years ago. It was a wedding gift uh, in 1965 from her husband, Dan, an army engineer stationed at Fort Benning, Georgia, uh, who was just about to head off to Vietnam. And eight years ago, following complications related to Agent Orange, he had passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so knowing that, uh, Brian, the Burger King employee, uh, never gave up. And two weeks later, after she had lost it in a snowbank, he was able to retrieve it uh, and give it back to her. Wow. Uh, and then there's a quote from him where he says, it was good. It made me feel good personally, but just like I said, to see the look on her face to get something back that meant so much felt good for me, he said. Yeah, he to say he did two weeks of like, so, I mean, you know, some people will look for something for you. You know, he was on a mission. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and also, uh, you know, I, I lose stuff from time to time. I don't usually find it weeks later. It's like, it's got to happen right. within those first couple of minutes or like, it's, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. See you later. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, the article goes on to say, uh, Burger King uh, is just starting an employee of the month program uh, and Brian will be the first recipient for March. Uh, he'll get a gift card and also his picture taken is going to be put on a plaque. Now, I, don't, I wonder how much he likes that. I, those are such silly things, right? I feel I, like it's made fun of in like every film. Employee of the month. I think that stuff meant more to an older generation when mm-hmm. you got like a prize and a trophy and a certificate. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and I say that as I'm almost 40 years old, <laughs> but I feel like the the younger um, younger folks were not as into the plaque thing. You know, gift card, sure. Gift mm-hmm. card's great. Mm-hmm. You know, give us a high five, throw us a party, mm-hmm. uh, take us out to eat. But I don't know if we need, do we need a plaque? Do you need a plaque, Mark? I, I don't think I would... <sighs> I, my my gut reaction is I, w- I I I wouldn't I wouldn't want a plaque just because of the space. Mm, yeah, you know it's like something that I have to. I'd appreciate the care, I guess, maybe sure. that someone went through like making it. But do I want a plaque? Not not necessarily. I, I say that, but then Tari, you know, uh, that's our producer. Oh, we yeah, gotta yeah. get we gotta get rid of that mark. Oh, the right, plaque right. We got for Mark. Right. Noted. Right. Wait. No. 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 I love I uh, love plaques. <laughs> <laughs> like if someone got me a plaque. For being on a podcast or something like that, or just you know being being in front like oh man it'd be such a great gift that you shouldn't okay. return that you shouldn't return for like you know like a gift card instead right after I just threw plaques under the bus <laughs> for two minutes I, I say we got you like well how about this story Mark mm-hmm. um, a man uh, speaking of burgers a man sent a Big Mac burger into space and then ate it oh wow so. Uh, who on earth would take the time to meticulously calculate a burger's launch into outer space and track its descent for miles? Well, Tom Stanilad, a British YouTuber um, known by his 2.7 million followers as Kill Him. Um, his, the goal of his mission wasn't just to launch said burger into space, but to be able to actually eat a burger that had breached the Earth's atmosphere. So he had a precise plan. You get a weather balloon, four canisters of helium, GoPro, of course, the Big Mac, um, super glue, and the burger became, um, you know, the Neil Armstrong of fast food. Um, and uh, he, he ate it. So he fastened the burger to a box with glue and made sure 
uh, to tell his viewers that he left one part of the burger totally unglued so he'd be able to eat it upon its return, if it returned. So, um, you know, the burger was left completely exposed other to, to the elements, suns, clouds, stratosphere, birds, planes. Um, it disappeared, Mark, unfortunately. Oh, wow. Uh, but after one restless night, he received a call from a training facility for the Colchester United Football League, a three-hour wow. drive from his house, and the Big Mac had landed, um, and uh, the groundskeeper had found it only slightly dilapidated, and Stanilad took a bite. And this is his <laughs> quote. He said, that's not nice. <laughs> um he said, he explained, quote, it tasted like a burger should taste, but very, very dry. I had to chew for about two minutes to force it down. Oh, no. Wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Oh, wow. That sounds like, you know, a really accomplished, like, science experiment. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, and, it, you know, bravo for him for going through with it. Yeah. You know, kind of kudos. I mean, he's probably doing it for the views a bit, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you got to do it for the views. Right, right. Uh, so, Bill, I got another headline for you. Hit me. Uh, so, a man legally changes his name to Bacon Double Cheeseburger. What? So, this is from 2016. Uh, there's a British man that decided to legally change his name to Bacon Double Cheeseburger as a show of his undying love of the sandwich. That's commitment. So, uh, formerly Sam Smith, uh, who was 33 at the time, he told the UK's standard that the Bacon Double Cheeseburger was pretty much the first thing that came up after a night of drinking with his buddies, convinced <laughs> him to go ahead with the stunt. So drinking was heavily involved. Yeah. And so, you know, he's gotten mixed results from family members. So, like, apparently his mom wasn't too happy. The dad thought it was hilarious, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. I don't think my dad would think that was hilarious. So I think that says a lot about this guy's <laughs> upbringing. <laughs> that, that's a humor, yeah. The dad was like, oh, yeah, you changed your name to Bacon Double Cheeseburger? You're so funny. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, it, Looking, watching this headline, it actually kind of made me uh, wonder if you were, if it was, uh, let's say, more common to change your name to whatever it is that like brought you a lot of joy. Uh, yeah. What is something that you might change your name Ooh. to, Bill? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, well, uh, so I love dogs, mm-hmm. but my dog's names have been like Frank and Susan mm-hmm. and June. So they're people names. <laughs> uh, you know, every once in a while, if I'm trying to veg out, it, would I be Xbox Whirly? Uh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> you know, um, but, but burger is a good one. I mean, if mm-hmm. it's something that brings you joy, mm-hmm. you know, Ice Cream Whirly. Yeah, maybe. Ice Cream Whirly is a pretty great sounding name. Ice Cream Whirly, Sunday Bill. Yeah. No. What about you, Mark? What would you? You know, new Netflix show (laughs) (laughs) you know something like that you know it's like you know that feeling when you find the new show yeah and it's just like oh snap like what's gonna happen I'm ready to binge this and you're like and it's got multiple seasons yeah that's a lot of joy now uh it could also be something like uh you know uh a, a friendship you know but it's just like if I'm thinking about something that's like an immediate injection of like endorphins and like something super fun like a new Netflix show. Well, and I wonder if Netflix would pay you you know maybe you could be a walking Netflix ad see bacon double cheeseburger he you know if it was a McDonald's bacon double cheeseburger maybe he would have got made some sponsorship I you know there's certain types of sponsorships that I'd be down for you know the folks that have uh, the car wrapped in some sort of advertisement yeah I've always wanted to do something <laughs> like that. I, I, I would, I would totally do that. I've never done it before. Like no one's asked me. What would, would you? Like? 
anything, whatever. You got like a, you got a hot dog stand. You need me to put that <laughs> on your car. I'll do that if you pay like you know pay me a little something every month. What is so it's like yeah I wonder what is it a monthly thing I guess maybe I don't it's know a monthly. I, I don't I don't know I imagine I would imagine you would have to pay someone monthly or weekly to yeah. like ride that ride that around with their car right because then you have to you can't just let it sit in your driveway right right so yeah how, well how do you know but then yeah so if someone paid you you know thousand bucks oh I mean I might I yeah. might do it for a thousand bucks I would month. do something as long as it was something you know that was decent, you know, nothing evil. I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're not advertising boner pills. <laughs> about uh, Viagra. What or, if I say that? <laughs> uh, you know, something evil like, you know, an organization that like uh, throws out punches or something like that. <laughs> which, is, which is completely fictional. <laughs> is we're, try, we're, trying to find, we're trying to find a way to call out an evil corporation. Is this, is this the evil. foot from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Oh, <laughs> 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 You're driving around advertising the Foot Clan. That's just a bunch of, you know, basically faceless bad guys yeah. that attack innocents. That's that's very funny. That would I think that would I'd pay you to do it, Mark. Yeah. Um, well, how about this one? So a couple years ago, Carl's Jr. actually debuted the first CBD infused burger uh, back on four twenty of twenty nineteen. Um, which is kind of crazy because it feels like there's CBD in everything. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, nowadays. Yeah. And this, I mean, they were a little hectic game. Of course, this is um, in Denver. Mm -hmm. So uh, guess how much it costs, Mark? Um, $4,000. Well, close. Four is in there. Okay. $4.20. Nice. I dig it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. This is Neil Strauss 
host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. May 28th is National Burger Day. It's coming up, Mark. Yeah, and uh, according to Dictionary.com's Pop Culture Dictionary, uh, the definition of Burger Day or, you know, what comes up is National Hamburger Day is an unofficial holiday most commonly observed on May 28th, and that celebrates hamburgers. Uh, Don't fret. Vegetarians and vegans, meatless options are included. Is it an official holiday? No. No. Can you take it off? Absolutely. No. Just use. Oh, you can't. Oh yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well. Like, I mean, you could take the day off work. Will your company be like, oh, this is a recognized day off? No, they probably. Will I'm gonna go ahead and say, yeah, they will. You can you can reference this podcast. Well, yeah. I mean, please reference the podcast. <laughs> you know. That'd be great. I heard on Ridiculous News is official. Well, it's, something interesting is that I thought I had always heard that a hamburger was European from Hamburg, mm-hmm. um, you know, Germany. Uh, but it actually turns out uh, the word hamburger is recorded in the 1880s and is short for um, hamburger steak okay. or Hamburg steak, rather, uh, which was first dished up in New York City. In the 1830s, and resembled a Salisbury steak. Okay. So the dish is said to be based on um, applications of beef sausage brought to the U.S. in the 1800s by German immigrants, many of whom left the ham- port of Hamburg, Germany. So the 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 patty between the two buns, which of course is what makes it a burger, is hotly disputed, with many claims to the invention being in the U.S. And so I'm going to go ahead. You're an American. <laughs> I'm an American. <laughs> We got it, baby. <laughs> U.S. is where hamburger. Which even the fact we had a claim for because for for uh, as growing up, I was like hamburger's not American. I was like, it feels so American. It's like such an American thing to me. It's one of those things where it's like absolutely feels American. But if you were to tell me it was invented any, anywhere else, I'd be like, yeah, no yeah, something. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. much, relatively new country right, comparatively right. to so many countries, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. um the, so hamburger was further shortened to burger by the 1930s, um, and by that time it was already popular in the U.S. And, and even in 2012, by 2012, I should say, PBS estimated that Americans alone, just us in USA, eat 50 billion with a B burgers a year. And since at least 2010, 
uh, people have been celebrating that a lot on May 28th, National Hamburger Day. Yeah. Uh, some additional burger facts, Bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from nationaltoday.com. So 1921, apparently, is the year when the oldest burger chain, White Castle, was founded. I had no idea White Castle was the oldest. I did not know that either. Yeah. And it, it, there's, it, so for folks that aren't in the Southeast, there's not a lot of White Castle. I think there's one in Tennessee, I think is the closest. So I didn't grow up with it. Right. In the Southeast, there's way more uh, crystals. Crystals. Yeah. And it wasn't until I went, I went to college in the Midwest, and it wasn't until that I went to college mm. that there were a bunch of White Castles, which are really fun to go to. Yeah. 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 I, I have enjoyed it. When I've been, I had a coworker named Joy, who's an awesome human being. It's her favorite place. And so sometimes we'd have to travel and shoot video for work, and we would always make a detour for White Castle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed it. It's, it is different than Crystal. I was like, oh, is this just Crystal? And, and you want to get punched in the face, tell a White Castle fan it's just Crystal. <laughs> um, but it is different, and I did enjoy it. Uh, and another fact uh, that it mentions is apparently 60% uh, of all sandwiches sold in the world are hamburgers. Wow. That is wild. That seems like a lot. Yeah. It, for, for, to me, that seems like a lot. Now, I realize we eat tens of billions of burgers a year. So maybe it's not that wild, but. I guess that makes me feel like my diet's okay. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) I'm not just eating burgers six out of 10 times (laughs) when I get a sandwich. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of turkey involved. Mm -hmm. Um, So the the price of the original McDonald's Big Mac, thinking about cost as it's gone through the years, 49 cents. Oh, very interesting. And yeah. That's wild. Yeah, that is pretty wild. well, it was a nickel, apparently. A nickel was the price uh, that the White Castle first sold their burgers for a couple decades before. Well, and that feels better. That feels more authentic. Mm-hmm. A nickel. Yeah. Get your bag of here. Yeah. yeah. One nickel. Right. Read all about it. White Castle. Right. I don't know. That just feels like that's that little kid was hawking burgers. <laughs> um, um, and uh, some other random... These are fun, Mark. These mm-hmm. burger facts. Mm-hmm. Um, how about... The average number of hamburgers eaten every week by an American, uh, think about it in your head, four. Wow. Now, that's, to me, that sounds like a lot. It does right? sound, again, and I'm like, maybe my heart is healthier than most Americans. And I think that might be true. That might be true, but, but I'm also just like, well, yeah, it's I mean, a lot of burgers. It's just a lot of burgers. It's just so, a lot of burgers. So, you know? so I had a burger today yeah. for lunch. I went out with my parents. Mm-hmm. Love you, mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Um, they were in town to visit, and you know, in part because we were doing this episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd I'd have to really think about if I don't. I don't think I do for a week. But when I was in college, shoot, you know what? Yes, lots of burgers. Right. I spent a lot of times in the checkers drive-through. That's that's you know what? That's true. In college, I ate a ton of burgers, like constantly. So. Uh, Bill. Yes. Uh, as we're talking Mark. about burgers, do you have a favorite burger? I do. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, there's a there's a lot of great burger places in Atlanta. And Grindhouse, I love. And we're going to have Alex on later, who's the creator. Very good place. Um, but my favorite burger, I will say, is Ann's Snack Shack. But uh, that was a, it's it's actually was ranked by the Wall Street Journal as the number one hamburger in America. And is it some fancy restaurant? You know, I think number two was some $50 burger. No, it's literally a shack (laughs) in Atlanta, Georgia. And Miss Ann Price um, is uh, the woman who runs it. And it's basically just her. Sometimes she would have other um, helpers in there, like I think usually her relatives. Um, And you go in and it's a shack and there's eight 
stools, and then there's a porch. And most people wait two to three hours for a burger. And because I live close, I would try to get there 30 minutes before they open. That was the trick. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anne is kind of the soup Nazi of burgers. <laughs> She's a very, um, I wouldn't say sweet, <laughs> but she was an old lady who was very passionate about making good burgers, obviously. Um, but when you went in, you saw clearly displayed on the, uh, on, on the board mm-hmm. where you order Anne's eight rules for when you're going in. And these are serious. It was not a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the eight rules that Anne posted on the wall was, one, do not lean or lay on the counter, like mm. I'm doing right now. I'm leaning <laughs> on the table. Do not consume alcohol or smoke. Do not sit or stand babies on the counter. Do not illegally park in the lot. And she was right next to a liquor store, and mm. I guess they had a beef for decades. Um, because you would get yelled at if you parked at the liquor store by yeah. then. She would walk out. She would somehow with a sixth sense no and walk out and yell at you. I've experienced it. And um, you cannot allow children to run around. Mm-hmm. That's just that. Can stand at the counter. So she would yell at you if you came in. So that was one thing that was kind of fun is like if you were waiting – and Anne wasn't afraid to scold people. Yeah. So if you're w- waiting on the porch area and you're like, just wait outside, people will come in. They've never been to Anne's. And, and we would try to warn them and people would just think you're messing with them. They open the door and she's like, get off the porch. And we would all laugh and the person would be embarrassed. Um, but it's it's it was part of it was the experience because she was so authentic. And uh, her other things were cursing and a lack of shoes and shirt were part of the, her eight rules. And... She put so much passion into it. So when you get to sit at the bar, you get to see her make it all handmade. She would ground, like take the patties and uh, ground the onions into them. It was basic. And she had her main burger. Mark, I love this place. You know, I could talk about this for a whole episode. But her main burger is called the Ghetto Burger. So the Ghetto Burger is the number one, was voted the number one burger in America. Mm-hmm. And so every Ghetto Burger comes complete with two fat hand-packed patties of nothing fancy ground beef liberally adorned with seasonings. When pressed, Culver would only allow this element of ghetto burger is a special seasoning in the right proportions. Uh, Ketchup, mustard, chili, lettuce, onions, tomatoes, cheese, and deep fried bacon. It was and is a glorious mess, one that to this day only cost uh, $9.50 actually with fries. The Wall Street Journal named it the best burger in America in 07, and the journalists called it a masterpiece saying that it was, quote, the most outstanding burger experience he'd found in an odyssey of several months and thousands of miles, and also the next level of burgerhood. And sad to say that Anne passed away in April of 2015, and genuinely makes me very sad, because mm-hmm. she was such a great uh, part of that community. And Absolutely. just such a genuine person who genuinely cared about, you know, feeding people these amazing burgers. And mm-hmm. we miss you. We yeah. miss you, Anne. R.I.P. Yeah. That's that's great, Bill. Yeah, I, I love that. It, and it's it's great. Atlanta does have a lot of awesome uh, burgers. Um, the burger place that I went to most recently, and we'll talk to Alex a little later, is uh, going to Grindhouse Burgers. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, love I love the I love the experience of of going there. Um, uh, the location that I went to most recently, he's got a location on Piedmont, which is a street in Atlanta. Yeah. And I love that, you know, you can chill inside, watch a bunch of movies as you wait for your food, or they often have like really nice, great patio seating. Uh, but the other thing that I appreciate about Grindhouse Burgers is like, you know, they got a great burger, but there's also like all kinds of other things that you can eat with it. So like mm-hmm. fries, onion rings, they have really good Brussels sprouts, you know. Uh, really great milkshakes. So the thing that I like about it is 
it's a great place to meet with other people to get a bite to eat because it's like, you know, if you're vegan, vegetarian, you eat meat, uh, maybe you're hungry and you want to eat a bunch of stuff or you just want to like, you know, peck at something. It's, it's a really great people to come together, you know, and socialize. It's a good vibe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like that burger places now are having those meatless. We, we all have the vegan vegetarian friend who mm -hmm. uh, opens our eyes to our terrible ways. <laughs> and it's good to be able to spend time with them. And, and I'm glad that that's an option. You know, speaking of, Bill, uh, so, you know, as we've established, people, they love their burgers, they love their beef, uh, but uh, we've seen more and more that there are meatless options for burgers that, you know, growing up wasn't really as common. Um, mm -hmm. But there's been a lot of progress in that department. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so, for example, uh, Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods uh, have helped save nearly 1 million animals in the U.S. What? last year. 1 uh, million animals? Yeah, and that's from Plant-Based News. So, um, and this is just two plant-based companies um, who have helped spare at least 630,000 animal, 630, animal lives in 2021, uh, and that's just in the U.S. Um, and uh, that study was done by the U.S. nonprofit World Animal Protection. Um, and they collated the data and they stress that the actual figure is likely significantly higher, nearing to one million. Wow. So that's what they said. And um, oh. uh, yeah, and so that's that's really sizable. And it also seems that in addition to the options becoming more available, I think we as Americans are becoming more used to the idea of eating a meatless burger. Yes, we you, definitely are. You, and, you know, and, and growing up, I think. I don't know about you, Mark, but when I was a kid and I, I feel like vegan and that's those alternatives were terrible. They were so bad that I would, I hated eating them. And just in the last 10 years, it's gotten so much, it's delicious. I love impossible burgers. I love beyond burgers. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, uh, growing up, you know, uh, a veggie burger, maybe it would be like a black bean burger, which is great if you want a black bean burger. Right. But if you want something that tastes like a burger, there was not an option. Mm -hmm. Whereas now, just as you've said, like a Beyond Meat and Impossible Burger, it tastes like a burger. And uh, research from late last year found that under around 49% of Americans are interested in swapping out meat and dairy in favor of plant-based alternatives. Yeah, and it's it's healthier for the planet. It's obviously healthier for animals, um, yeah, of course. And, you know, I, I did switch because of my, I have some issues with my stomach, so I switched to oat milk years and years ago. Well, I guess oat milk's more popular now. It was soy milk. And that made a big difference in, in my health. Um, so, uh, you know, no more cows being molested, no more, <laughs> you know, or killed for stuff. So that's... I think it's something that's good for our planet. Now, that said, I still like meat. I just, I think meat has a place, um, at least in my diet. And for those who eat it, I think overall, we just eat too much of it. Um, most Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, speaking of, Bill, I feel like your sentiments is just like, you know, other people are um, like learning to replace it in their diet. Uh, in fact, uh, Grubhub, uh, mentioned that the Impossible Cheeseburger is the most ordered food. Uh, and this what? is from The Beat. The so Most ordered food item for 2021. Wow. Yeah. So Grubhub just revealed that the Impossible Cheeseburger ranked as the most ordered food, food item from 2021. Uh, the online delivery service released its 2021 year-end food report to examine the delivery trends of consumers nationwide. The report showed that the Impossible Cheeseburger, a meatless patty often served with 
uh, dairy-based cheese, increased in popularity by 442%, wow. solidifying its position as Grubhub's most uh, uh, popular food item. And it's good. Yeah. It's good. And if you haven't tried it, try it. If you're part of that 51% that's not sure, just give it a, give it a go. Give it a go. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's in, in uh, Alex mentions this in our interview later. It's just like, I think also because there's more places to get it, more options, it's, yeah. it's not as expensive. I remember a couple of years ago, you know, when it first came onto the market, it was significantly more expensive. And I, and I understand that being like an obstacle, but I think as it becomes more uh, commonplace, I hope that, you know, there's uh, more price options for people as I well. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe we'll just save the planet one burger at a time. I'd, lo- I'd love to do it, you know? Oh, you know, Bill, speaking of meatless options, yes, uh, a place we've both been to in Atlanta mm-hmm. that is just awesome that we got a shout out yeah. is the Slutty Vegan. Slutty Vegan. Yeah. Um, so Slutty Vegan, for those that don't know, it's a burger spot based out of Atlanta, Georgia, uh, founded by Pinky Cole. And it's just like an awesome burger stand where they sell vegan uh, burgers as well as a bunch of other meatless products. And they're so delicious. And if I think she's opening one up in New York, right? I believe so. There's one coming to, was it Brooklyn? Yes. Yes. And it's so much fun. Uh, the owner, Pinky Cole, has a huge uh, personality. And when you go in, you feel so welcome. They the um it's it's slutty vegan and they have some very non-pc it's welcome sluts they'll write slut on your on your burger but it's just so much fun it's yeah. it's done in such a joyous way mm-hmm. and um you know the the names of the burgers are r- ridiculous <laughs> references you know like the super slut um and sloppy toppy um <laughs> and things like that and i it's one it's such a good burger it's such a delicious burger and there's and it's vegan um so that's you know it's mind-blowing to me how far it's come. And another thing, too, I'll say about Slutty Vegan, I follow them on social media. Mm-hmm. The way that they've built up their brand over the past couple of years is so impressive. Yes. In the way that they just, like, you know, a bunch of celebrities are uh, document their first experiences there. Yeah. They're always posting videos of, like, really long lines out of the store. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It just creates this this vibe. So when I think of Slutty Vegan, it's, it's not just the burger, but just, like, all the... Uh, not hoopla, but all the um, good buzz it is. surrounding it, you know? Yeah. If you're a slutty vegan virgin, you know, get ready. Change that shit. Worth trying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah we'll yeah. be right back with more ridiculous news after this short break. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season. 
where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts don't get it confused you are now tuned in to ridiculous news Alex Brownstein is a former real estate attorney who wrote, applied for, and helped secure a $725,000 community development block grant for the Sweet Auburn Curb Market, a place I used to go quite often. Really? I loved it. It was one of my favorite lunch hangouts. Um, and it's a historic place here in Atlanta. Uh, and he opened Grindhouse Burgers in its first year of business, uh, immediately began receiving Best in Atlanta awards, starting with his veggie burger. Yes, unexpected, but the veggie burger was what got us on the map. Followed by our chili. And then the burger, the beef burger followed. Nice. So, yeah, yeah not what you would normally think with a burger no, place. untraditional. And now they've got, grown from that one uh, kind of little corner in Sweet Auburn mm-hmm. to seven locations. And for all those folks listening, if you ever go through Hartsfield-Jackson Airport, which I know most of you probably have, yeah. there's two, not one, yes. but two Grindhouse Burgers you yep. can check out. Yeah, so Alex... Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come and talk with us about this uh, Burger Podcast episode we're doing. Yeah, it's my and pleasure. So we want to kick things off with a segment we like to do with our guests. It's called Giving Them Flowers. So basically all that means is Bill and I are just going to compliment you for a couple shower rounds. Me with- shower you with some compliments. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll jump <laughs> like into it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'll start. So Alex, uh, to research this episode uh, about burgers... Uh, the day before yesterday, I went to Grindhouse, your Piedmont location, uh, got myself some burgers, and I was reminded yet again of how how much I enjoy your restaurant. So I got the Grindhouse burger, got a chocolate milkshake, mm-hmm. uh, I got the half fries, half onion rings, yeah. uh, and it was it's delicious. Yeah, 
<laughs> and thank you so much for making that possible. One of the things you were talking about, Mark, was that, you know, Grindhouse is one of the few places where you can get half French fries, half onion rings. I really appreciate that genuinely. Yeah. You know, it seems like it was something I would want. So mm-hmm. it's like, why not offer that? Absolutely. I mean, why I, make people decide? Yeah. So many times, you know, you're at a place and you can't decide between which side. And, and the fact that you all offer both like that. Yeah. It's super kind, you know, because like, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, people used to have to share and then they're fighting over the last onion. <laughs> now it's it's much easier this way. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that's good to hear. I hope it catches on more. Yeah. Come Franks. On. Yeah. Franks. 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 Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Nice. <laughs> Order the Franks. So I used to work at, at a couple of different places um, right by Sweet Auburn Market. And so we oh, would really? go that's how to lunch. About it. Yeah. A couple times. I was going to guess Georgia State. But, oh, yeah, yeah. No, was, I was working downtown, um, and uh, it was one of these things where I would meet up with a couple friends, and we'd always go to Sweet Auburn, and it was always, are we going to do Grindhouse again? <laughs> so you were yes. going there before Grindhouse? I was going there before Grindhouse yeah. initially, there was, yes. There was yeah. some, uh, there was a good pizza place there, I feel like, mm-hmm. and I like I a re- there wasn't a... There wasn't a whole lot, but there was some. There was some things there. Arepa Mia is one. Arepa. Now they are. So it was. Yeah. We came in. Bell Street Burritos kind of followed. Yes. Mm-hmm. There was a good little cafe, Campesino, I think it was called, which is now Revolution Donuts. If you've ever been there, mm-hmm. there's two of those. That was oh, that yeah. kind of loosely started in the curb market, and then a few others. But uh, you know, I just I found that place. I kind of just stumbled on it. I didn't go to Georgia State. I went to Emory. Mm-hmm. But uh, I always thought it was just such a really cool market. Um, I'd been to, you know, some of the historic ones like Pike Place in Seattle and Reading Terminal in Philly. And, and that seemed like it, as close to it, it as Atlanta had. Um, plus, it's got parking. So that was um, I was, that was kind of my way of getting out of the real estate and the legal world into more into just, you know, being an entrepreneur was to kind of work with those guys. And uh, I think it's it's still it's really cool. It's got it's still got a ways to go. I think it's got a lot of potential still. I lo- I love it. You know, and I yeah. I think it was one of those things working downtown that made me feel like I'm in a city because it's mm-hmm. just a great market. It has a good vibe. There's a lot of positive yeah. energy. A lot of great smells. Yeah, I mean that was Atlanta's first market. Um, I think it's a well, hundred years old or something like that. So, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Alex, we got a. Another compliment for you. Okay. So uh, this one, actually super recent. Uh, y'all can't see this, but Alex, we asked him to come and join our podcast. Shows up with bags full of burgers. <laughs> burgers. And uh, I just scarfed down uh, one just now. It was, a, it was another, another grindhouse. Grind another grindhouse. I think that's my, of the different types of yeah, I think that that's That's the most one. popular one. That's and my it's favorite my one. favorite, too. I mean, okay, nice. It's cl- you know, classic burger. I mean, yeah. you know, American cheese and all the good toppings. Can't go wrong. It was so, great. So thank yeah. you so much for that burger. You're welcome. I learned a while ago, you know, when I showed up without burgers, then <laughs> I didn't get compliments. So now I've learned. You know, that's it's an easy way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's really smart. Well, you know, when I, I see all these burger places popping up everywhere, and it's great because I love burgers. I think Americans in general, we love burgers. And we've been talking about how yeah. popular they are. Yeah. What? Why burgers? Why do you think it is? Is it? Is it because... Everyone loves them. Is it because it's a lucrative business model? No, it's definitely not lucrative. I mean, ground beef is not cheap, especially these days. So mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, maybe when the burger first was introduced, um, it was it was probably, it was for working class folks 
Um, you know, it was probably a very thin patty, not good quality beef. The ratio of beef to bun was like very heavy on the bread. So, you know, you get a little paper thin patty, like a White Castle or a crystal slider. Mm-hmm. But why are they popular? I mean, I think it's become comfort food, um, you know, through the years. But there's just something very comforting and very American about it um, that doesn't get old. I mean, certain foods, to me, I think you get you, – you like them, but you only – you don't want them too often. And burgers, I, I for some reason uh, – they just, it's the salty, it's the, it's all the things that go in it. It's, you know, you got, you got the, the salty, the fatty, you got the bread. It's just a good, it's a good ratio of things. It's, it's melty, it's hot, it's kind of steamed. You get so, the right lettuce, it's crunchy. Yeah, it's bit. crunchy. It's got the hot and the cold with the lettuce. So yeah. there's just a, and there's, you know, you can customize it a million ways, but, you know, I don't know what, why that became the quintessential American food. Obviously it's at home, people can cook them pretty easily. But literally, I mean, it's just meat and bread when it comes down to burgers. If you put ground beef in between two pieces of bread, you have a burger. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you can make it a million different ways, but that's that's all it really takes. So maybe it's the simplicity of it. I don't know. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those questions maybe there'll never be an answer to, but we all can agree that that's just that's the thing that you crave, you know, that makes you makes you happy. It does. And, you know, we thought we were going to get the answer. (laughs) (laughs) We were looking for the one answer to the meaning of the burger. I Uh, mean, that it's, it's, it's hard to get to the answer, but you know that burger is the thing. And that's why I got into the burger business. That's why I didn't pick something else. Also, I'm not a chef. And so (laughs) I knew I could do burgers uh, and uh, that it wasn't that complicated. It's really, you know, when you break it down into its elements, it's very, pretty simple. But you just have to do them well and use good ingredients. And you do them very well. Thank you. Yeah. And by extension, uh, another thing, we alluded to your uh, veggie burgers earlier. Yep. You know, and something I appreciate about Grindhouse a lot is the different types of burgers you have. So it's like you have beef, you have a veggie burger, you have a turkey mm-hmm. burger. You also mm-hmm. have an Impossible Impossible. Burger. Yeah. Actually, my first Impossible, my first like meatless burger yeah. I ever had was at Mm-hmm. Brian House. Um, I think that was one of the first places in Atlanta that we tried to get on board early with the Impossible yeah. Burger because it just seemed like so obvious that it was going to be huge, mm-hmm. um, and it tasted good. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, you got to stand behind the product, and it wasn't cheap at first. It's become a little bit less expensive, but um, for if you want the taste of meat without eating meat, yeah. yeah, that's that's the best thing out there. I wouldn't say it's any healthier. Right, <laughs> <laughs> but Grindhouse isn't necessarily about being healthy. Although you can get a salad there, mm. but uh, and we have very good, you know, fresh salads. But but really, it's you know that you go to Grindhouse on your cheat day. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, Even yeah, if yeah. you're a vegetarian, yeah. Well, Grindhouse. So when when I would go in Sweet Auburn Market, you'd be playing like B Grindhouse movies yeah. on the TV, and it was always fun and campy. Yeah. What made you do that? What what's the inspiration? I had. For some reason, I, I had had in my mind way before I was in the restaurant business that I wanted to play kung fu movies if I ever owned a restaurant. <laughs> you know, because everybody kind of dreams up, you know, what kind of restaurant would I own? Or mm-hmm. what would my place be like? Yeah. I'm sure a lot of, you know, you guys probably have thought about it a little. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I was playing kung fu movies. That's great. And I was, you know, I didn't have a name for it or anything. But then when we were actually, uh, me and my, my next door neighbor, my friend Lara, we were we went to watch the Grindhouse double feature, the Tarantino Robert Rodriguez double feature down at the drive-in mm-hmm. um, on Moreland. And uh, 
about a week later, I was having breakfast or something, uh, and uh, asked, and we were talking about, you know, what would, what should I call it? She said, well, you know, what are you gonna, what's so special about this place? And I said, well, we'll be grinding the meat in house. And we had just seen the movie. She goes, call it Grindhouse, dumbass. And I'm like, oh, so the light bulb, then the light bulb went off. That's awesome. I added kill, Grindhouse Killer Burgers maybe a, a couple months after that when I was kind of just kicking around the name. And I'm like, it's catchy. It's kind of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah. So it plays off that, you know, the B-movie vibe. And um, it just kind of, you know, it had a good ring to it. So I don't know. I will say that. That one came easily, mm-hmm. and I've had other restaurants, and we I'm actually opening another different uh, restaurant now, and we struggled coming up with a name. We must have come up with a couple hundred names before we, we landed on one that was good. So I think I just got really lucky yeah, with yeah. the Grindhouse name. Thank you, Lara. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Real quick, what are your favorite kung fu movies? Do you have any favorites? I mean, anything Bruce Lee, obviously. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean... I like to go way back into the, you know, the the older black and white you mm-hmm. know, Japanese ones. Or, oh, awesome. Or, but, um, yeah, I mean, Bruce Lee is where, where it all goes to for me. Yeah, I love love the Bruce Lee movies. Yeah. Fantastic. R.I.P. Bruce. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, you know, as you were, Atlanta now has a lot of great burger places. And did you either now or before, do you have a a burger, another burger that you like a lot or anything oh, that yeah. inspired you? Um, in Atlanta specifically, mm-hmm. there's a lot, you know, I kind of put burgers into two categories. Mm-hmm. You've got your kind of thinner, thin patty, mm-hmm. griddled. Um, you don't, they're not really going to be very rare, you know, medium rare, you know, bloody. Um, but those are more about the crispy outside and just all the melty cheese and stuff. And then you've got your thicker kind of pub burger, mm-hmm. I guess you would call it. So when I when I'm craving a burger because I eat, you know I try not to eat too many but I get my fill of the thinner griddled burgers at Grindhouse. So that as far as the thicker pub burgers go, um, in Atlanta, who makes a really good one? Um, I used to like George's in the Highlands. Yeah, and I haven't been there in many years. Mm-hmm. They made a, a make a good one. I mean Houston's makes good at they're good at everything. So yeah, right. They've got a good burger. Um, Highland Tap, I think, mm-hmm. in the yeah. Highlands. Uh, a lot of the steakhouses make good ones, too. The Earl, actually, the Earl in uh, East Atlanta had a really good burger. I yeah. haven't had one in many years. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but those, when I think of that thick burger, you know, I want mm-hmm. it, like, you know, medium rare in the middle, like, almost bloody. Did you <laughs> did you ever have a chance to go to Ann's Snack Bar? So that was actually, I, that was... If any place inspired Grindhouse, it was Ann's Snack Bar. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, because I had read about it, you know, it's that it was, I mean, Wall Street Journal or some some publication said mm-hmm. it was the best burger in America. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I got to go there. Went there. Um, this is before, you know, Grindhouse, before I was in restaurants. And um, took, you know, two, three hours to get through the line. Mm-hmm. Ann's, you know, taking her time. Then, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, so... It was it was great. It was yeah. it's it's that was the experience was amazing. Mm-hmm, the right. burger was very good. Yeah, I would you know I would I don't know that I would call it the best in America, but it was very good. But mm-hmm. the experience was one of the best that I had had. Yeah, yeah. And I said when I started thinking about what can I put in the Sweet Auburn Market, um, and I said you know I want to do burgers, mm-hmm. but I said you know Ann's got this thing, but we can do it so much quicker. 
mm-hmm. um, and deliver a product that's just as good, but do it quick mm-hmm. and right. but make it a fun experience um, because of the movies, because at the time in the Sweet Auburn market, you're surrounded by, um, you know, butchers mm-hmm. cutting up whole hogs and stuff yeah. right behind you with big hacksaws. Mm-hmm. And it was it was yeah. it just all kind of fit. So I said. And it's central, you know, Anne's was a little bit further of a drive, not that far, but right. um, th- that was the idea was let's do Anne's, but let's make it quick, you know, so you can get in and out during your lunch because nice. Sweet Auburn Market was only a lunchtime place. We gotcha. didn't do dinner. They were closed on Sundays. It was a good place for me to sort of open and experiment and do this on my own mm-hmm. without a ton of employees because it was only six lunches a week. And that, right. then I had time to. You know, and when it did get too crazy, we knew we could cut it off after lunch, take a breather, right? You know, come back the next day, and then get your Sundays off. Um, you know, once we opened up the second restaurant that was all the time, seven days a week, whole different ball game, right? But, um, but yeah, Ann's was, uh, I mean, the ghetto burger, yeah, and snack yeah. check, yeah. yeah. Um, so you guys, I take it, have been there or went there? I've been, I went maybe half a dozen times wow. when Anne was still around because yeah. I used to live in Kirkwood right there. And yeah, it's, right it's there. one of my favorites. And I think to your point, the experience of Anne in, in that place yeah, definitely it takes it to the next level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, she had some technique that was really cool. She'd press the onions into the burger. She, I mean, it went against all the, you know, when you read on, you know, a, a, if a chef is telling you how to cook a burger, they'll say, Cook it on one side, you know, let it cook three quarters of the way, get a nice crust. Don't flip it till the end. You know, don't be pressing the burger because you're pressing out all the juices. And she went against like every burger principle, but somehow it still tasted amazing. Um, She had it figured out, you know, she was using bare hands, you know, to scoop out the meat out of the tub, Mm -hmm. press it. And then she's taking people's money without, you know, like, you know <laughs> in the sink. I'm like, I don't want to know. But um, it was, uh, it was, it was really fun. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. 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 And I don't know that Ann Snack Bar is still open. I tried to go the other day. I don't know. I drive by and the building's still there. It still says Ann's, so but I don't know. I, th- I think it might be, but I think the hours are pretty sporadic. Yeah. I, I heard like maybe her, her sister or something, aunt or something or, like I guess that. sister. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Somebody sense. was trying to help, but. She did try to sell it a long time ago, but it's like her name is in the place. You right. know? She's going to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what people want, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get away from that model and just say, we can do this fast. It could taste good. It's going to be a good price. And nice. people will want to go there over and over. So so far, it's worked, I guess, right? So far. So far. Nice. Yeah. Um, you know, part of the big thing about Grindhouse is you have these different styles of burgers. You have mm. Cowboy Burger, Apache Burger, Dixie mm-hmm. Burger, and they're all kind of in the style of influenced by, you know, like the Dixie Burger has pimento yeah. cheese. Yeah, exactly. Kind of southern. Yeah. 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 And what it, people think of is. So we thought we'd throw some burgers at you just to Ooh, see. I like this. What would you, what would you put oh, on okay. the Big Lebowski Burger? Lebowski Burger. Um, well, let's see. I mean. You know, when I think Lebowski, the first thing that pops into my mind is white Russians, right. which doesn't really, <laughs> that doesn't translate to a burger. Um, you know, maybe you go with, you know, like uh, a, a nihilist German burger and mm-hmm. throw some sauerkraut on there. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay. You know, make it like nice. a, make it like a Reuben or something, you know, uh-huh. some Swiss cheese and some sauerkraut. I don't know. That's great. That's great. Uh, how <laughs> about a, a New Orleans style burger? Oh, New Orleans, Big Easy Burger. I mean... You know, that's going to have 
some kind of really spicy Cajun seasoning on it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to have hot sauce, yeah. you know, some, some Tabasco or I like um, uh, crystal hot sauce. So, mm-hmm. so crystal hot sauce. Nice. Um, what else is classic New Orleans? Maybe throw a beignet on there. You know, mm-hmm. some powdered <laughs> sugar. I don't, then maybe that's the bun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, how about a Quentin Tarantino style? Tarantino style. Um, well, that's a that's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Tarantino's. Would it just be covered in ketchup? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, like exactly. It just squirts it's just, out. Yeah, when you yeah. yeah. You take a bite, and the and the ketchup squirts out of the burger. <laughs> I actually got to meet him once. Oh, cool. um, nice. He uh, somebody tipped me off that he was eating. He was in Atlanta having mm-hmm. dinner. Over in um, the place that Kevin Gillespie owns, that's like the, they bring in oh, the food Gun to the show. table, Gun Show. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, "Oh, he's there right now." And I'm like, "Okay, I'm drop everything, grabbed some T-shirts, some hoodies, some stickers, yeah. went down there. I look in the window, and he's sitting at a table with Kurt Russell and like two other people. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I'm like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna do this." So yeah. <laughs> I walk up, and you know they didn't have any food at the table, so I felt like it was a good time. And I just kind of handed him this pile of of swag and I'm like you know you inspired my restaurant and he you know he saw right away he saw the sticker with right. the grindhouse girl holding the gun and you see his his face like lights up with a smile and he's like this is awesome man I'm yes. like thank god you're not gonna see me <laughs> don't see me don't see me but uh no he, he actually thought it was really cool I don't know that he ever came in but uh That's and then scary. somebody told me that Robert Rodriguez uh, oh. oh no when I was at the airport opening that location his Robert Rodriguez his assistant came through and was like, Robert would love this, you know? Yeah. So I, I mailed him some hoodies too. So. Oh, awesome. So that's, yeah, they both know, I think they both know about it. So that's pretty cool. That's, that's amazing. Really awesome. yeah. 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 And now if they're listening, they know the origin story of the name. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, well, Alex, thank you so much for coming by and giving your time. We really appreciate, you know, hearing you talk. Uh, I guess to wrap up, mm-hmm. is there anything else that you would like people to know or anything that you'd like to share as we talk about burgers, as we talk about Grindhouse? Um, just keep loving burgers. They're never going out of style, guys. Just keep eating burgers. That's all I can say. It's the blue jeans <laughs> of, of diets. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about your diet. Keep eating burgers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, thanks so much again, Alex, for coming down and bringing us burgers. And, uh, you know, if you're in Atlanta, check out Grand House. Or if you're, even if you're just passing through in Hartsfield Jackson Airport, you right. get a chance to do it. Thank you, guys. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. We'll be right back with more ridiculous news after this short break. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world, and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't get it confused. You are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. So, uh, Bill, Mm -hmm. I'd like to talk about um, one of the more famous burger-themed characters from pop culture. I'm excited. I'm talking about the Hamburglar. Yes, the great McDonald's character, the Hamburglar. Yeah, so he's had an interesting trajectory throughout time. Hmm. So along with Ronald McDonald, Grimace, uh, they, apparently they made their first appearance in 1971. Wow. And these characters were like the face of the chain, right? Mm-hmm. And the first Hamburglar uh, was, you know, like this mischievous character. Uh, he'd wear striped clothes and he'd say like, rubble, rubble. <laughs> and him along with the other characters were, you know, kind of like slightly creepy. And I went back and looked at some pictures yeah. of the Hamburglar from the 70s because I didn't grow up with the 70s Hamburglar. Yeah, me but uh, so by the 80s, they made him a little bit more kid friendly. But oh my gosh, in, was he more intense? <laughs> well, in the 70s, he kind of had like a scarier look. Like oh, wow. he was sort of like this old man with like long stringy gray hair, a black mask, and like weird, like uh, weird teeth. And, <laughs> and not that any one of those things are bad or weird or anything like that. It's just the way that they put it together. Mm. It felt like the intent was to be more scary, perhaps. Wow. Um, so you're scared he's going to steal your burger and 
what else is it going to do to you? Yeah, I, I don't know. It was just it, like you, you look at the pictures from the 70s and it's a little bit more intimidating. Uh, so by the mid 80s, uh, they made the Hamburglar more round faced uh, um, and just kind of changed up the appearance, making him a little bit more cartoonish. That's all I mean when I say yeah. round faced. Gotcha. Yeah. And then the other thing, the, the next like big iteration or the next big jump that the Hamburglar had was in 2015. I guess this is perhaps when it was geared more towards like, you know, the millennial crowd perhaps. Mm-hmm. So uh, in 2015, so the Hamburger revealed that he was living the life of a suburban dad. Uh, and uh, apparently there were mixed responses to the new design of the Hamburglar. Uh, and apparently they were extreme too. People were saying either he was very, very disturbing or weirdly attractive. And apparently there wasn't a lot of middle ground. When you look at it, it's like some people describe him as almost like almost hipster hamburger. So they're trying to to appeal to people in their late 20s and early 30s was mm-hmm. what they're trying to do with the new hipster hamburger, which you either found oddly sexy or very, very disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, Entertainment Weekly points out that the problem is, well, he's just too attractive. He's a dad without the dad bod. He's stylish. He's scruffy. And he's got a grin that's reminiscent of Hans, Hans Solo on a very good day. He's definitely not the sort of fellow you'd expect to see going through the drive through making a ton of poor life choices, then eating it all himself on the way home. They point out there's a bit of misrepresentation going on here. Anyone who listens to the advertising and eats a burger or two from McDonald's every day is definitely not going to end up looking like this guy, and that's a little misleading. It is, yeah, and that's what we were talking about earlier. You know, it's probably unless you're unless you're training for a marathon, mm-hmm. you know, you got to watch that calorie intake. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was interesting about this too, diving into the hamburger, is that there's a story about how he got his stripes. And I, I guess I always assumed that he was a crook, and it was like a jail uniform, but it's not. Um, the truth lies in an old retro McDonald's commercial that explains why he got those stripes. Apparently he was originally dressed in all black, like, you know, Johnny Cash. And it wasn't until he tried to steal some Ronald McDonald's hamburgers that McDonald Land's head honcho grabbed a piece of his clothing, spun him around and around and <laughs> tore off the strips. And there was white underneath, hence the stripes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, I, he, it's, it's not a take on, on people trying to re-enter society and still having uh, negative tendencies. It's just, it was a costume thing. Yeah, the Hamburglar, to me, that's a pretty fascinating character to go from like the scary appearance of the 70s and moving into the mid 80s, having like a more cartoonish look and then being a, you know, hot dad in the uh, 2015 era. Can I, I'm going to go there, Mark. Yeah. Because one of the things about Hamburglar and Hot Dad, there's a great article on bunnyears.com, which is not a website I'm very familiar with. So, but I believe it's like a satire comedic website. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's called what your sex dreams about the hamburger really mean. And I just <laughs> love how this is so well-written. If you want to check it out on bunnyears.com, but sex dreams, we all have them. Um, <laughs> and it says, if you're asking yourself, what do my repeated, speaking of this new hamburger, what do my repeated, intensely sensual and excruciating graphic sex dreams <laughs> about the hamburger mean and why do they keep happening night after <laughs> night 
Firstly, uh-huh. know that you are absolutely not alone. <laughs> Tons of people have emotionally scarring Hamburglar sex dreams, <laughs> as well as dreams about many other characters in the McDonald's franchise universe. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I, I, I like that, you know, speaking of this new Hamburglar uh, that people are finding attractive, maybe some people are getting too obsessed. <laughs> Thanks so much, as always, for spending your time with us. We know you got a lot of options for entertainment, and we genuinely appreciate you. Yeah, and if you want to keep in touch with us, you can email us at ridiculousnews at iheartmedia.com. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram and Facebook at Ridiculous News Podcast. Shoot us a line. Let us know what you think, or let us know if you want us to deep dive on a topic that you want to hear more about. That'd be great. Catch you next time. See you next time, y'all. Ridiculous News is hosted by Mark Kendall and Bill Worley. Executive producers are Ben Bolin and Noel Brown. Produced and edited by Tari Harrison. Research provided by Casey Willis. And theme music by Four Eyes and Dr. Delight. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.